Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. We had a little bit of technical difficulties tonight, so if you are listening online, this is recorded especially for you. Tonight in our segments, you will hear us discussing Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. Built, we built the Mount Rushmore of Christian contemporary bands, according to us personally, and concluded our talks about racial healing. I am Molly Kingston, your producer and fourth chair panelist. In first chair, we had Ben Kingston, and in second chair, Dr. Gavin Hooks, and lastly, Ryan Mayberry. The question for tonight was, who is your all-time favorite Disney character? Uh, my dad said his favorite character was the Looney Tunes, which we're not sure is actually owned by Disney or not. Oh, Dr. Gavin Hook said his favorite character was, I can't remember, we'll have to ask him. And Ryan Mayberry didn't have a favorite Disney character. My favorite Disney character was the short fat muse from Hercules. All right. So again, we started talking about Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. I'm going to read that for you. There will be a pause, and then you'll be taken to the recording from Wednesday night. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to praise might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now we will take you to the recording on Wednesday night. Enjoy, and thank you. Put a price on a house, but it's not going to be valued until somebody pays, pays that it. amount for it. Um, and God has done that. He has laid down the earnest money, and the whole thing will be um, laid down at, at the point of our redemption. So. And, and for instance, if your mother had a $300,000 piece of property, she's not going to accept $30 as earnest. She's not going to take that off the market. Right, right. Commit that it, to someone. We're, we're talking probably thirty grand, yeah. you know, uh, if not more. Well, of course, they, they do put a percentage anymore. You know, it's, a, it's called a down payment. And it's lost. That yeah, earnest yeah. money is lost yeah. if there's a breach of, of, right. the, of the offer. And God's not going to do that. Yeah. The offer's not going to be broken or withdrawn. Because, again, he's, he's given himself. Um, I, and, you know, when I do listen to other people try to argue, if you will, losing yourself, they, they never address this passage. Mm. It's unaddressable, if you will. It's concrete. If you are truly saved, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have no desire to live like the devil. You, you, and, and I'm not saying you don't have a desire to sin. Right. We, I'm, I'm saying just as far as taking advantage. Well, and I don't know if God. desire would be the right word for that either. Because I think we all as Christians desire not to sin because Correct. we know the you know, the price that Christ paid to set us free from those. But because we're still in our fallen form, right. we still are tempted to sin. So we're Absolutely. definitely prone to sin even if we're Christians, but I think the desire is what is different. Right, right, okay, and so to get into this a little deeper, the folks that, that I dealt with, if you will, that tried to get me saved again and the such, their emphasis is upon us. Mm -hmm. We have to keep the salvation. We have to essentially be sinless. Work for it. Work for it. And every time you sin, you have to get saved again. And so, you know, we put the emphasis upon God. It's his salvation. He procured it. It's his son. It's his sacrifice. 
we are just simply the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, so. Yeah, I had an interesting conversation. We were doing a job for this guy, and uh, he worked from home. So while we were working on his fireplace, he was able to sit there and chat with us. And uh, he Which that's was, always productive, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he was uh, he was a Christian, or so he claimed. But he uh, fell along the lines of you can lose your salvation, and he his part of his reasoning for that was that he couldn't rely on the fact that he could be saved one minute and go out and do whatever, like you said. But I found I find it harder to be, to rely on my own works. Like I would much rather, if I'm going to have to rely, put my faith in something, I would rather put it in God than in myself that I'm going to remember after every little thing that I do that I'm going to confess. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, mm -hmm. it is the yeah. gift of God. There's pretty good theological backing that that verse is not just referring to your salvation being the gift, but your faith is a gift also. I mean, it's all God. It's all God. I, I have an easier, excuse me, time understanding, and we've talked about this before, you know, the Calvinist, how they end up where they're at, than I do the person that believes that you can lose your salvation. Mm -hmm. Because I, I do believe in free will. But I also believe that the Bible is very clear. You know, uh, God gives you the ability to believe in him, you know. Uh, and so it, it's all him. It's just strictly all him. And, and I praise him for it. Again, we, yes, you still have to exercise that free will. Uh, but uh, it, we are absolutely secure. I think also taking it into your own hands and saying that you can lose it or work for it diminishes what Christ did exactly on the cross right. as well. It's saying that you didn't do enough. I also have to work to earn this salvation. How, how crummy is heaven going to be that there's some people up there that actually earned it? Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be pretty crummy. Well, I had to just depend on God's grace. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I, I'm a yes. trophy of grace. That, yeah. That's right, yeah. Oh, right. right. So it, 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 it just... It doesn't pass any of the smell tests from Scripture that, that it's absolutely, you know, it is eternal because it is all God's. You have to accept it, but once, once you do, you got it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Don't have to work to keep it. That's right. If I can take this one thought on, uh, I've been coming back to this thought of this, this chapter being the unboxing of what you get when you become an, a Christian, mm. when you come into mm. Christianity. And just relating back to the comment, uh, you, you get an inheritance, you get an a destination, a relationship with him. In, in this uh, context of this earnest that's put on our life as a token of us belonging now, uh, being purchased or paid for by Christ and his uh, sacrifice. So we also, in this unboxing, get an understanding of our worth. So more of that concept of unboxing Christianity. Right. Yeah. Um, when I was listening to John MacArthur's, one of his sermons on this, he hit on the inheritance, the first phrase in him we have obtained an um, inheritance. He talked about how there's actually two different ways you can take that phrase from the original, um, is it Greek? Yeah. This part would have been written yeah. in Greek. Um, and it's that w it, it can be interpreted as like we're talking about that 
Christ in heaven and salvation is our inheritance, but it can also be read as we are Christ inheritance and God is giving us to Christ as an inheritance um, Absolutely, man. for his work, you know, th- well, for He's everything, right? Among many. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that was an interesting take on that because I don't think I had heard that yet before. That kind of, I think, bolsters, again, our, our worth to think that That's we, exactly right. even as we are, are an inheritance to Christ. The God, the God thinks of me that way is, uh, it, it shakes up how I think about myself. Right. Yeah. It should. Right. All right. Any last thoughts on these verses? These verses kept me in the Baptist faith. Just true, true statement. Mm. Not that the Baptist faith is all what it's cracked up to be. I'm just saying this is why I'm not Pentecost. Right. This is why I'm not Assembly of God or whatever. And, and not, nothing against those, you know, faiths. I'm just telling you uh, because this was the, the a part of that whole searching and trying to figure out if, quote, unquote, the Baptists knew what they were doing. Uh, and, and this was one of the passages that, in my humble opinion, kept me on the straight and narrow. Good. All right, moving on. We're going to go a little bit lighter route here. We're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of contemporary Christian bands. So in your text, you said bands. Can we say artists as well? It doesn't have to be a band. Because they have a band that plays with them. Yes, yes. But I want to give a little tag here. Remember, the reason we're doing this, and we're going to do this for several weeks, we may do it all year, we'll see, is because of Jalen Rose that's trying to do away with Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so so we're trying to keep it alive. In honor right. of Mount Rushmore. In honor of Mount Rushmore, right. that's right. So if we were to recreate it with Christian bands, who would you have on there, Dad? You want me to go first? Yes. Uh, so I'm going way back. You probably don't even know this guy. Well, it has to be contemporary. It is contemporary. <laughs> oh, well, if it's way back, it's not. No, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. She, Continue. She's making a comment on your age. Is that what that was? No. I, <laughs> bless her heart. She's trying to prove once again that she's a millennial. No. I <laughs> did what I've been saying all day is I woke up and I chose violence. You chose I violence. I chose violence today. Well, hey, you know me. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> all right. So when I was in college, contemporary music got its start. Yes. Okay. So there was, a, there was a contemporary bands mm-hmm. and there was contemporary bands when I was in college. Yeah. So this first person was contemporary in 1980. Does that make sense? Yes. Larnell Harris. Okay. Yeah. You've heard of I've him? Heard, yeah. I've heard Larnell I don't know Harris. If I've heard his songs. I would encourage you to YouTube I Miss My Time with You. Mm. It is powerful. And I've just seen Jesus. Yeah. By the yeah. way. And uh was, what was the duet with Sandy Patty? That was it. That was it. Okay. You just seen Jesus. There you go. Uh, Big Daddy Weave. Yes. Uh, Casting Crowns. Mm-hmm. I've got a caveat to them, though. I was about to say, I'm surprised that one's yeah. on your list. I'm surprised. And, me too. And CC Winans. <laughs> yes. All right. I liked CC Winans before you liked yes. it. Okay. Yes. Yes. Just, just <laughs> got to keep it real here. Yeah, now, that's what's doing it. CC and BB. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, so I do love Casting Crowns. I. I I have a few uh, bones, bones. a few of their songs. I just believe that entire throngs of heaven go every time they play them because they take 
the bride of Christ to the woodshed on international radio. I just do not believe that that's appropriate. You know, I believe that the songs that they do that I'm talking about are excellent. They're excellent. Just sing it to the church. Don't put it on international radio. You know, uh, that would be like me taking this church to the woodshed and allowing Brad to put it on World Wide Web. Right. You know, if we ever have to do that, that that's going to be just for us. And I, I, it hurts me every time a Christian contemporary band, or anybody for that matter, takes the, you know, Lord's Church to the woodshed. It, it, it drives me nuts. Because uh, it, it's not helping us. I, I know we stink. You know, I, I know. But, but that's not helping us to take that dirty laundry to the world. They already hate us. Yeah. They already think that we're hypocrites. Yeah. They already want us to go away. And we're going to show them, you know, our fart stains on our underwear. I mean, come on. Easy. Yeah, I'm just what? telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go there. That, so, but Casting Crowns, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely deserves to be on, yeah. on my Mount Rushmore. Their songs have blessed me more than they've aggravated me, so. There you go. Ryan, let's go to you. Was um, that just two? No, I think that was Did all four. four. He's CC. Larnell Harris, Larnell. Casting Crowns, Big Daddy Weave. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you uh, had four. Yeah, he did four. Oh. Lord help. Larnell Harris, Good Big Daddy one. Weave, Casting Crowns, CC Wyman. Okay. You have to get Good. your shoes off. You have to get your toes out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're in a fighting mood because I don't Uh-oh. like any contemporary Christian. I mean, that's fair because, well, and that was my problem when I was making my list. I was like, can I include hip hop or like, you know, like what kind of? I don't know. I, so I've listened to just about all of it. I, when I was a kid, I enjoyed contemporary. And then when I was more of a teenager, I enjoyed the Christian hip hop. And now I'm, I enjoy hymns and any mm. of the other stuff I can't hardly stomach. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I don't like the style. It doesn't yeah. have as much depth to it, in my yeah. opinion. So. Get off my yard. So you don't have one? Is that what you're telling me? You didn't make a Mount Rushmore at all? I did not. You destroyed you. You're the one who we do this because you. Here's the question, Ryan. Do you have any Gregorian chant in your heart? No. I have some Gregorian chants. I got this. I got this theory. Ryan's an old man born into a young. No, that's what I was thinking. He just aged really, really fast. (laughs) Got some crustiness to you, a little bit. Well, so then maybe next week we can do hymns. There we go. Mount Rushmore of hymns. Amen. Okay, Uncle Gavin. So, uh, King and Country, and there's a couple of yes. s- there's a couple of songs that just put them over the top. Yes. Uh, so they're the Drummer Boy. Yes. Rendition is second to none, and is put them on my radar. So they're number four, kind of tied with Lauren Daigle. I didn't know if we could use single artists. Sure, sure. This. So Lauren, Lauren Daigle, King King and Country, tied for fourth. Uh, number three, uh, <laughs> uh, Avalon. For the one song you were there, yes, that song blew me away. They bonk, were on mine, bonk. and then I had to scratch them. But I agree, they're yeah, yeah. I they love all of their songs. They had all good songs, but yeah. that one blew me away. The first time I heard it was when the Reed, Reed Boys sung it here. Yes, I had never heard it before. It blew me yeah. away. So good. Yeah, uh, Ryan, sorry, uh, but Avalon has a whole hymn album they that did. is fantastic. So there gotcha. There you go. Avalon, they were they were big like when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Two thousands. Yeah. Yep. When he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead again. <laughs> what? 18 months ago? Uh, no. Oof. Teasing. Uh, so number two, I'm going from, from four to one. Number two would be Mercy Me. Mm. And it was tough, the first two. So Mercy Me, um, 
I can only imagine yeah. it had just been hit after hit. But I put Casting Crowns at number one because, and I have the same caveat that Ben does, but uh, it seemed like for the a ten year stretch in there from like two thousand, uh, I'd say two thousand eight to two thousand eighteen, they they had a hit one right after another that really met me where I was at spiritually speaking and really gave me uh, put wind, wind under my wings. Uh, cool. Um, so, so there were several songs that, that did it, and they were just timed perfectly in my life. So, so here's a question to Molly and Gavin, since you like contemporary Christian music. Do you ever hear a song that you turn the radio off? Oh, all the time. Okay. All right, just curious. Well, I don't actually listen to radio anymore. Gotcha. I listen to Spotify. Spotify. Now, sometimes I will listen to radio for a month or so to get new songs on and my do Spotify. do you do that just to use technology, or do you do it because you prefer it? I prefer it. I hate, I hate, even with Joy FM, I it's hate any time. No, but yes, and I'm using it. It's strong because I strong hate. Strong, but she did wake up to fight. I hate any time anyone's talking. So if I'm, if, no, no, stop. If I'm turning on the radio, <laughs> I want to hear music. Now, I love some talk shows, and that's, though, on, like, on Blaze. It's on right. my it's on my phone. I don't like any of the talk shows on radio because now... You the, want them to sing. The, Dang yes, it. exactly. I, if I turn on the radio, I want I'm music. I don't want the all music. these advertisements. I don't want to know what concerts are coming. I don't care that you need money. I want to listen to music. So I listen <laughs> I'm to Spotify. that way when you hire a singing group to come to your church and sing. Do not Don't preach. talk. Don't right. preach. Sing. Right. Okay, so That's you're four. For. So my four, though... And the, this is hard, though, also, because I hate picking favorites. But I put David Crowder, because I, I really, really enjoy his music. And um, I've been listening nonstop to his Milk and Honey album this week. Uh, we the Kingdom is one of my favorite. I saw them in Ohio this last summer, and they blew me away. It was just amazing to see them perform. Mandisa, probably because, um, kind of like Uncle Gavin, she came out, when she came out originally, all of her hits and all of her, like, I listened to all the albums, all of the songs, and I could sing all of them word for word. I love all of her music. Um, and then Toby Mac and Diver City, also someone that I saw in Ohio. And I've always loved Toby Mac, but seeing him live there just, again, kind of made him real, I guess, to yeah. me. And kind of brought home why I like him and his music. Um, it was just it was inspiring, if you will. So, okay, well, those that's our Mount Rushmore of contemporary Christian band slash artists. That was a lot more aggressive than I thought it would be. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to move on to our mystery topic. We don't have that much time uh, to talk about it, actually, but I'm going to spin the wheel, and we're going to see who, whose topic we're going to discuss tonight. No. And it is Ryan. Cool. He Two always in a row. gets yeah. picked. Two in a row. This is rigged. No. It's because <laughs> <laughs> you notice how she we hit went, her phone game. We went through... We went through everyone already. That's why he had All it right, last Ryan, week. We're, we're low on time. Okay, so what is... I saw one really egregious this week. So what is an example of someone completely, an, of an instance that you've seen of someone twisting a verse or section of the Bible to fit oh. whatever they were trying to say at the time? Mm. I can go first if I need to give you guys time. Go ahead. Think. I think you should. So I was watching uh, the Matt Walsh show this week, and there was a clip of it was a, an atheist associate pastor drag queen in front of a congregation talking to two little girls and they were using uh, Romans 12 to promote drag. 
saying, you know, be not of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And his twisting of that was Holy the God. renewing of your mind is that just because something is true today doesn't mean it's going to be true the next day. When you renew your mind, you're coming to these what new conclusions. What about that statement? What's what that? about that statement? That statement? Is, that could be true today and not true tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm, not, I'm not arguing. No, no but yeah, wait, wait, so that's what, right. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't from my mouth. <laughs> or, or no, no, no. This is an example of something egregious, not something <laughs> no, I but I think that, Gavin just blew up on stage. Egregious. <laughs> Whoa, what about that statement? <laughs> he also chose violence. No son-in-law of mine. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Are you, you a drag queen, Ryan? All right, so tell us how he, in your humble opinion, how he twisted that. <laughs> well, it should be uh, pretty obvious. It's off the planet. Yeah, really he says, be, uh, the verse says, you know, do not be of the world, but right. they're doing exactly it's that. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's the twisting of saying, this is a part of Christ. Like this trans, me being an atheist, transgender man is a part of Christ because the world doesn't accept us. Because that's right. what they're trying to say. That right. They're trying to push that we don't accept them. We They're not visual because, you know, they have visual days. And, but instead, that's all of the world. Right. That, that's never been yeah, the, accepted in the church. That's right. <laughs> that's right. The, 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 the world produced that. Yeah. So uh, I hit on this a couple of weeks ago, the whole statement of uh, you can't keep God in a box. And um, so that's not so much a twisting of one particular scripture, but they're taking the entirety of the scripture and saying that 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 is a box to God and that Baptists and other evangelicals, by using God's word, we are limiting God. Mm. And, you know, because these guys are wanting to do extra biblical things and they're wanting to do them in the name of God told me. I mean, just like the Israelites did when God gave them the Ten Commandments and the laws, and right. then they made 700 other right. laws on top of it. Correct. And, and right. And so, uh, and, and then blamed God for that, you know, type deal. Uh, so, I, you know, the Bible, this is all I, what I always try to say to battle that. The Bible is not limitation to God. Uh, and if it is a limitation, it's a limitation he set for himself. And he can be all God within those limitations. Well, and it says all things are possible. Right. So, I mean, right. in it, it says that there are no limits. Correct. Correct. But, but I'm just telling you, because their particular areas and things that they do and want to do are not in the Bible, they've got to destroy the authority of the Bible, essentially. Right. Can you give an example of, to just so I can understand? Well, I better. mean, you know, being slain in the spirit, uh, healing people with... Uh, Man, man having the physical gift of healing, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, the second gift, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and, uh, being the isn't second there gift. like a word of life or something that where, where they get a dispensation of God, what God says? Yeah, oh, yeah. What is that called? Um, a, it, it's a new word. Something more. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah and, and, I can't think of the name of it. But they right. get a dispensation that they're, they're right. and, and revealing it's, God. It's scripture. Yeah, whatever they come good. up with is yeah. scripture. Right. Wouldn't that be nice? That's convenient. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, they're still adding to canon. Correct. The Bible canon is what Correct. they want to say. So God is speaking through them to the world. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, but uh, I have a mystery topic about that later. Oh, okay. All right. It just reminded Do me of it. you have a particular... So, uh, this gets... I feel like I'm going to... You know, you're not going to talk about politics again, are you, are you Gavin? Yes, so this, please do. This, this verse that uh, these 
people that say that Jesus was a socialist and they use the early acts of the yeah. church to, you know, right. everybody was sharing all of their goods together and uh, they use that as a passage to give us an example that Christians should be socialist. And there, there couldn't be any two theories or, um, what's the word, uh, ideologies that could be set completely separated because the difference is in socialism, it's the government that mandates you share. Right. And you have no link to your neighbor. You have The government takes the place of God, essentially. So you have no connection with your neighbor whom you must share your goods with. In Scripture, the early church voluntarily, one individual would say, okay, I'm going to sell this property and, and provide for the needs of the church. And it was a way that the church early on financed its exponential growth. So, so there was a huge boom in Christianity and in the church and a revival happening. And it was voluntarily, voluntarily done by the people in the, in the institution, in the church, um, based on love, based on their faith in God. Um, and, and the other question here is, uh, Jesus wasn't a socialist. What was he? Mm. Right. He, he was a monarch. He is a monarch. He owns everything already. He's what, a king. He's he, a king. He, yeah. he allows us to use his stuff. So, um, and, you know, when he's given us something, it's in our trust to do what, what we like with until we have an accounting of that at the end right. of life. But Was it Ananias and Sapphira that, that mm -hmm. died? Yes, yeah. that lied. Right. So, and, and during that, before, right before they died, Peter said, was it not yours to do with what you wanted? Mm -hmm. and, and so that, yeah. that absolutely blows the hole in they he, had to. God yeah. was making them. <laughs> no, he was leading them. And they chose to follow in such, well, they, they thought, well, we're going to bring all, ourselves all sorts of notoriety by doing this, but we're going to keep back. Yeah. We're essentially going to yeah. lie about how much we're giving to the yeah, church. How much it was worth. Right. A little squirrel or a little rabbit to chase here. So early in the church, I, I just wondered, why was that so important? Why did, why did God put the hammer down oh. on that? One, zero lying. Right. Two, what about the person who bought that property? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? The him, oh, these are the these are the guys that uh, say that there's a new religion in town. They're just he was like the, the first one to say hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yes. And, then and he was right until they dropped dead, and they're oh, like, yeah. "There's something to this. <laughs> something to this new religion." Can you imagine before uh, Sapphira died, Peter says, "The men's feet that carried your husband out are here to carry you out," and then boom. I'm telling you, I wish we still had that power as pastors. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thankful for your Peter sake that I don't. That. Yep, yep, I'm glad you did No, it was that. God, but, no. Pe but Peter right. still. So I, God still has that power. Yeah, but I'm kind of wanting him to share a little bit. <laughs> we just it. talked it that easy. we're not. <laughs> I chose violence too this now morning. Apparently we're all violent today. Think okay, so we're, oh, did you yeah, have something else to say? Think about the kids that just come. Another one. <laughs> also <laughs> Just I've been a pallbearer three times this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Right. I don't think they said that, but it's funny to think about. Uh, moving on. Stop lying. To our next yeah, break is shower thoughts. So we're, you guys were all supposed y to come so up. You need to go first because we need to know exactly what you're asking here. Well, I sent you a text. Yeah, but that's not enough. Go, go you could have asked me. We live in the same house. You yeah. totally could have just said, explain this to me. Okay, so I have three sh shower thoughts. 
That means within the last month you've taken three showers. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, it's blood sport up here tonight. <laughs> and I can't, I can't claim the first one because I've heard this one, but now every time I take a shower and this happens, I think about it, is when I drop the bar of soap, is it now dirty or is the shower floor now clean? <laughs> You're thinking about that too soap much. <laughs> the soap is dirty. Yeah. I just tell myself the floor is clean so that way I don't have to get a new bar of soap. And then, so another one, I have a what would be the purpose of faking the moon landing? And what if Area 51 is just a cover up for Area 52? Are we supposed to weigh in on those or just? Oh, you can, or you can just yeah. give your. Well, give what your was the middle one? I think we have time for the. We probably <laughs> don't have time to weigh what in. Was the it's middle really one? just a, a statement. Uh, what would be the purpose of faking the moon landing? Yeah, yeah, I, I've always thought that was just out there. What? Why would mm. we go to that kind of? I, to beat know. the Russians. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess it's enough Cl of a reason. Claim the victory. Yeah, yeah. claim the. So mine's pretty lame compared to those. Well, that's okay. This is our first time. Yeah. We'll do this again some right. other time. I just simply work through movie scenes that I'm yeah. that I've got in my head, movies that I think like an answer to Bambi. I've got that pretty well finished. I just need to find somebody that can do, you know, Anime. what's that called? Animation. Animation, yeah. Animation right? <laughs> and it, it's going to be epic. Go ahead. <laughs> So the first earth-shattering, life-changing epiphany that I had in the shower was, I'm going to be bald. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? How old were you? 18. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew it. I was going to say 16. Young man. <laughs> That's just so sad. Right. Your brother stole it all. You guys must think a lot more in the shower than I do. I'm just like, all right, get clean, get, get out of here. Yeah, I warm up from working outside in the cold usually. But yeah, uh, I'm usually just thinking about my hobbies more than anything. You know, I'm working on an arcade project right now and yeah. thinking, where in the world am I going to find this piece or that piece and all this other stuff? So that's about it, basically, what projects I've got going on. Put a plan time. together. Yeah. Good deal. Like it. Okay, so the next time we do this, it's not necessarily what you actually think in the shower. It's more of like thoughts that are con like conf confounding. Just drop one on us. Yeah. 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 But I loved everything we just talked about. It was enlightening. We're going to move on, though, to precarious moment, this precarious moment. And we're going to cover sections, the last two sections on racial healing. And if we have time, move into the immigration section. Does anyone want to start us off on this? I'll start. So uh, it's titled From Stats to the Streets. When it comes to if we're going to heal racially, white people are going to have to talk to black people. Black people are going to have to talk to white people. Uh, Hispanics are going to have to talk to black people. You know, just pick whatever combination you want there. We're going to have to sit down, and we're going to have to do our dead level best to bite our tongue and listen. Mm -hmm. And then, but, but also, if, if both sides will come into it with no matter whether I get fighting mad, I want to hear what they have to say. If both sides will come into that, be because as long as one side cannot say fill in the blank, it's a one-sided conversation. You're not going to get anywhere. But as long as both sides can, it's kind of like, you know, when I work with a couple and 
every time they try to talk about something, it ends up into a screaming match. We do what is called fast food arguing, where you take the person's order, and when they give the order, you parrot back to them what they just said. It's like going to McDonald's. You know, I want to, of course, well, anyway. Uh, I yet again got a chicken sandwich today when I ordered a 2C. A 2C is a, a quarter pounder with the garden on it. That's because most people don't order according to the number and the letter. They say, I want a double quarter pounder meal. I don't believe that's actually correct. No, it is. I believe nationally and internationally they order by the number. I worked there two years. (laughs) Then you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I repeated people's order. Separate these two. All I can tell Boomers you are the problem. is that Going I've been through using the, the number system because they can't hear us on the speaker. Forty years ago, I was here when McDonald's got started, and it, they've used numbers. So, nonetheless, it's not that uh, they don't have numbers; it's that people order using the names of the burgers. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I think I still. I did not sit here sandwich. willing. <laughs> I still did not. I did not sit here wanting to listen today. Okay. Uh, it's like, okay. Well, that's what you're saying is you know people need to sit down willing to listen. Correct. Correct. Um, you see, we've just lost somebody. <laughs> the the uh, we're never well. I, this is a very you know. I would love to say that we kind of planned that. We didn't. We were just arguing. Uh, but uh, that's what happens when one person doesn't listen. Mm. You know, uh, and Molly would be that one person in this Ooh, situation. Uh, yeah. No, you're the, right. I would be. Yeah. Right. And so, so how do you do that? You pair it back. This is what I hear you say. Okay. Um, now, you, you've got to agree that that's what you're going to do at the start. I'm going to talk. You're going to listen. You're going to parrot back what I say. Then you're going to have an opportunity to answer that. I'm going to just parrot back to you what you say. And at the end of that exercise, both people have listened. And and that, that's what we've got to get because right now – when you, if you will, uh, whether it's conservative whites and liberal blacks or liberal whites and conservative blacks, they don't agree. That's right. And they're not listening to each other. And they're not finding common ground. They're not loving one another. And, and they're not letting go. Right. You know? I mean, some, though I, I do believe in some situations there is no common ground. Um, I don't want to get all into that. But, but, but we do have common ground. But we're, there we're is humans. That so right. That's the common ground. I think the the that part actually comes in in the solutions. Correct. Like C- you, correct. Like finding common ground in the solutions are really the most difficult part. I think. So, so one thing he hits here on page uh, forty under the uh, from stats to the streets is thoughtfulness in speaking. You know, so the white guy shouldn't say something like those complaining about racism today were never slaves. It's been over 150 years. They need to get over it. That's not going to work. It's not going to solve anything. Well, and I liked why they said it's not going to work because I don't think it's ever been explained to me why. Because I think that that is that is my thought. That was sure. my thoughts because that is true. It is true that it has been 150 years and the people who are alive today were not slaves in America. Right. But um, it talks about how the Bible identifies um, the generational forces that can pass down trauma from one generation to the next. Right. Um, and it's 
talked about in Exodus and Lamentations. And I and I didn't think, but like when they said it, I was like, well, that kind of makes sense because you you get the other side too, where you have generational pride. Like we we look back at our history and like we have holidays of. Um, President's Day, and like sure. we have that because we celebrate the lives and the decisions of certain presidents and things like that. Because we have pride in what those people have done for us, and I, I it makes sense that the other would be in effect. That trauma that would have happened to our ancestors causes trauma in our life. Right. Yeah, and it's just tactically like you don't go into an argument when you're trying to convince someone. You know, sw- swinging full blows. You know, you you work your way in and get to know them first. That's right. And you don't like if someone were to come up to me and say, "Oh yeah, all oh, you white people," all, you know, or, and whatever follows that, it's it doesn't matter anymore. Right. You know, so it's just you got to be tactical about it, even That's if right. the, even if it's a true statement, you don't necessarily lead with it. Right. right. So, uh, the, in the the book here, he talks about I, I can't remember which one would actually ask, "Why do you feel like there's still racism in the United States?" And having a, a you know conversation where they could talk and not feel threatened and not interrupt them, so you sit and listen to him. And he was talking about he would go to black people that he felt like were relatively successful and well adjusted, and the level of emotion that came out of them was shocking to him. He was surprised. Right. And I I so I'm this is just me. You, you know where I'm come from. I'm ultra conservative guy. Um, but this was just a personal experience that, that I put together when I was, I mean, this is when Barack Obama was president. Um, I always went to s- some of the same uh, places for lunch and shopped the same place during this time, during the Obama administration and before. And there, I always interacted with a, a, there's a young black man there that I got to know very well. Uh, and we would talk every day, every day we'd talk and he, you know, same old, same old, doing, doing great, you know. Uh, you know, he'd have that kind of attitude like, I've got to be here to, to make my living. After Obama was elected, you could tell a physical and spiritual and attitudinal change in that young man. Hmm. He, he was suddenly brighter. I mean, suddenly, but over a period of months, was brighter, enthusiastic about what he was doing, helping people. I, I, you know, I thought, well, what's going on here? And he would was super, super positive at that point where he was just putting in his time before and I thought you know this is the first time he's ever had a a black man as the president of his country mm-hmm. and and I, I regardless of the the policy involved he had never he, he I'm get I can only imagine that he guessed that a black man couldn't become mm. uh, right. aspire to that so there's no point in having aspirations or hope right so, and I don't know if it was just the fact that, that Barack Obama as a black man became president and then that gave him hope. I, I see that as a pos- possible answer to that. But I saw it in more than one black man, a young black man, um, during that time period. And again, I'm not saying anything about policy because you know I, I'm, I disagree with most all policies that that, that administration had. But the, the difference I could see in the attitude and the uh, faces of young black men that I knew at the time, I thought, I could understand that. Finally, a black person has aspired to the highest office in the land, and now it, you know the, the ceiling's gone, or you know the, right. the imagined, whether it was imagined or not, um, was gone. And there are lots of very um, successful, affluent uh, black people in this country, and 
for whatever reason, that wasn't enough. Finally, when somebody had that, the, the, the highest office in land was a black person, apparently that, that lifted the fog for a lot of young black men. So I'm just saying this, whether it's realistic or not, what they believe about, they have evidence in their heart mm -hmm. for the fact that they've been held back or they've been dealt a raw deal, and maybe they have been yeah. uh, dealt a wrong deal in some case, but and they blame it on racism in general, and it's the white person or the white people who, who are the perpetrators of that. And I'm not saying this right or wrong, but I'm just saying that when you talk to somebody about what where they're at spiritually, what they believe, why they feel like they are where they are. A lot of emotion I can see could come out of that conversation that I could have with the, that young man. Yeah, finally, I mean, it's it, you know, it's anything's possible now. Mm. The uh, when he moves into chapter eleven, he talks about the the two solvable problems: educational conditions in urban schools and criminal reform. Yes. And they don't so much, you know, offer the solutions as much as they share some of the things that are being done to try to get to those solutions. Um, and I can tell you that, you know, I think we talked about this two Wednesdays ago. One of the solutions, I believe, is school choice. Yeah, I was about to mention that because they kind of they right. kind of hit on that yeah. that it, it would be best if they were able the parents were able to choose what school they went to regardless of their color right and where every, they lived right that's exactly right every family being able to choose where they go because what's that what that's going to do is it's going to require now the schools to compete yeah for their dollars instead of just getting it straight from the government of course it is going to be government dollars because they'll have the voucher program. And this is so close to happening in Arizona. And the biggest fighters of it is the uh, National Education you mm -hmm. know, Union and the Teachers Union and liberals. Yeah. Because they don't want school choice. They want to continue to uh, propagandize and, 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 you know, such of that nature. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot that goes into that topic mm -hmm. that I've been kind of delving into recently just because education the education system has always intrigued me but then also the fact that I work in education now is um, it's enlightening to kind of look at at, at this and it was very interesting because you mentioned how they the people against it are the professional mm. educators and it, it talked about that and it mentioned the Brown versus the Board of Education um, court ruling in 1954 where the where it's about the desegregation of public schools, the professional educrats stood outside the doorways of schools and told black students, "No, we don't want you to stay. We want you to stay in your inferior schools. We won't let you in here." Rather, though, today they are saying, "No, we want you to stay in our inferior schools. We won't let you out of here." Right. They they don't want them to leave, like you said, so that they have the opportunity to educate them according to their propaganda, and then. I, it, it also mentioned how because because it is overlooked from the federal to the state even and not looked at by individual students, the teachers have to teach in the middle ground. So the advanced students have to be slowed down and the lower students have to be dragged along mm -hmm. and the only people who are really getting what they need are the people who are right in the middle. Mm -hmm. 
And so the teachers aren't allowed to teach per student. And so, you know, there's a lot of students who are falling through the cracks or getting bored. And that's when I think behaviors come in a lot of times right. is when the, the students aren't being engaged enough. And you get some kids that don't want to be there at all, making it bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right, and then exactly. you get a lot of uh, ADD pills handed out to all the kids who can't behave and all this, or quote unquote can't because, right. you know. Right, and their right. solutions is a, a medicine. little boy be rambunctious, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, okay. We could talk all night about that, but we are actually running out of time. Is there anything we really want to say about the criminal justice reform solution that they had talked about? Or not solution, but the problem. Well, I, I just agree with it. We, we've we got to fix that. There's definitely reform that can be done. Um, there's And there's actually a lot of movement, I think, in that. And they mentioned that um, David Barton is a part of one of those programs yes. that is working towards reforming the justice system on every on every level. So not just how the police handle situations, but also how what happens in court. Um, what was interesting to me is it brought out the fact that you that God in His law, when He gave His um, how He wanted the Israelites to their justice system, nonviolent offenders were never to be thrown in jail. They were to be dealt with swiftly, and then rehabilitated and put back into society. I almost got the impression that there were no jails, jails at all. Yeah. You were violent well, yes, you because were, you were executed. Yes. Almost immediately. Yes. Yes. So I, an murderers and, you know, all of there. the bad people, Rapists, the really murders, bad people yeah. killed. Yeah. And then everyone else, you maybe lose a finger if you stole p- a bread right. and then you're back in society. You got penalized. To, you had to pay back. Yes. You stole or whatever. Yes. And so that, I think that's a huge thing. And, you know, there's has been talk about how our, jails are overflowing, our prisons are overflowing, and we gotta figure out what to do. Well, maybe don't put nonviolent offenders in jail. Right. Put them to work. Put them to work. Yeah, do something. We, that definitely, reform definitely needs to happen. So next week we'll jump into the next three sections, beginning with um, immigration. So tonight we're going to end the show with, we're gonna start ending the shows with a word of wisdom from one of our panelists. I took it upon myself to be a, the person tonight. So (laughs) my words of wisdom is, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. So thanks for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives next week. And share the word on your social medias. Good night. Thanks, everybody.